Hello, you're listening to Spirit Life Teachings with T. Jason Price, founder of Power for Freedom Ministries. Check out full sermons, encouraging words, and more on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and website, all linked in our show notes. Now, here's T. Jason Price. So we're going to talk about how to live a godly life, and that's important because a lot of uh, the things in our life, I'll use the word things, but a lot of things in our life that distract us or keep us back from serving God is because we're not living the way we want in our conscience or uh, we're not living to a standard that we would like to live to. And so sometimes, you know, outside of all the gifting, the anointings, deliverance, healing, signs, wonders, prophecy, you know, all the things the Lord does with us, you know, we still have to have clear conscience. We still have to be able to live right. We've got to be able to, uh, you know, really be the person we want to be. So I'm not taken away from the importance of signs and wonders and all the uh, moving of the Holy Spirit, but we also have to use His power that we can grow and mature as well. So we're going to pray, get started, and talk about how we can develop that, what the Lord's doing for us, uh, and some really good, grounded, foundational things that will help all of us live a godly life. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for tonight. We ask you that you would open our ears and open our eyes, that you would let us receive your word, that, God, we would remove all distractions, any obstacles, that we would just uh, really be able to allow you to pour into us, that, God, we would have an understanding of you, of who you are, that we'd really grab a hold of the bigger picture of why we're here, our call, our work in your kingdom, the reason for all this, God, we ask that we would have understanding, that we would really fully come and grasp the understanding of the why, the bigger picture of our being here alive in 2023. And Father, we believe, and by faith, we are going to receive those truths and those promises and all that you have pertaining to our calling, our purpose, our responsibilities, all that you have for us. We pray that tonight you open our hearts, that we may develop, that we may mature, that we may get understanding, that we may pursue it with boldness and confidence. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, so turn with me to Second Peter chapter 1. Let's say hello to Sherry. Uh, and uh, again, if you're watching online, I can see a couple on Facebook here. And go ahead and comment and like our page and share it and YouTube, subscribe. Uh, and it's always encouraging to see you watching. And uh, we, uh, sorry if you heard that, was my dog barking, but uh, we're always excited and encouraged. For those of you who are watching and sharing the videos, thank you very much for that, as always. And Second Peter chapter 1, very first verse. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received the same kind of faith as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, just to put a, a little foundation here and begin these couple of verses we're going to read. So here's Peter talking as first a bondservant, right? Second, an apostle. So he first wants to identify with us that he is a bondservant. He is a, a servant of God. That's how he wants to identify. He doesn't want to identify as an apostle first. First, a bondservant. So our heart, we see it right here. Our heart should be that we want to identify as servants. Well, I think we talked about this last week or the week before on Spirit Life. You know, and it's really important to get an understanding down that we are servants. That is our job. We have a king. We serve the king. So it's the king's responsibility to be the king. It's our responsibility to be the servant. 
And he happens to be called an apostle because that was his, his office, his fivefold calling, or the ascension gift calling of apostle. And he's saying to those who have received the same kind of faith. So he's talking to fellow believers. And he's not talking to non-believers. He's talking to those who have received the same kind of faith as he has. Okay, Verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the full knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So I want you to write this down. I know if you're driving, please don't stop right now. But if you're listening to somewhere, you can write it down. I want you to write this down. Grace and peace be multiplied. So we're getting grace and peace, and it comes to us in the full knowledge of God. So the more knowledge you get of God, the more grace and the more peace. Verse 3, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. So he has given us divine power. In that power, he's granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. So everything that you need to have grace and peace comes through the knowledge of God. In his divine power, we're reading everything pertaining to life and godliness through the full knowledge of him who called us. So we also have through knowledge power pertaining to life and godliness. So knowledge is grace. And are you following me here? Knowledge is also peace. Knowledge is the power to pertain to life. And knowledge is living godliness. So knowing knowledge, knowing him, having the knowledge of Jesus Christ is going to give us grace, it's peace, the power to pertain in living right and in godliness. So when we're talking to each other as Christians, we're talking on the basis that I'm talking to somebody that is in the faith with me. And what we're basically saying is, if you have the faith I have, and we both believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we're in the kingdom together, then what enables both of us, or all of us that are in the kingdom, to be able to live right is the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That knowledge produces grace and peace in verse 2 and verse 3, gives us all power, all power, divine power, not, not just human power, divine power. Granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the full knowledge. We have to have knowledge. It's absolutely vital, important. There's no way around this. We have to have knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. We have to know him. We have to study him. We have to grow in him. We have to pursue this. And in verse four, finish verse three with me, and full knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. They are promised so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in a world by lust. I know it's a lot, but through these promises, we will, read it with me, verse four, we will be able to become partakers of the divine nature, of, of the divine nature, the character, the nature of God, and we will escape the corruption that is found in the world by lust. In other words, the lust of the eyes, the lust of want and money, wealth, uh, all the different things, the perversions, all the stuff that the lust of the world brings, the fame of man, uh, jealousy, envy, all those things. We are given, through the knowledge of God, grace and peace, in that we also have this, this amazing power, this divine power that we can live life pertaining to life and godliness through knowledge in him. So it would seem here 
that if you just look at it in a simple form, we've got to have knowledge of who Jesus is. And what I mean by that is we have to actually know him, not know him because someone else said something about him. We, we have to know him. And so when we're talking to each other and we're basing our growth and we're basing our understanding of each other and you say, oh, well, that person's hard on me or, or that person, uh, that leader maybe expects a lot out of me. We're not because we are, we are making the assumption that if we're in the kingdom together, by righteousness, by the same faith through righteousness in Christ Jesus, the same faith that we're reading here in verse 1 and in 2, 3, and 4, that I'm talking to someone who has the promises of God to have grace, peace, and pertaining, the power pertaining to life and godliness. So we're not asking something of you that is of you, in other words. We're asking something of you that is a promise from God, that if you're in the family, right, you're born again, you are the same faith that uh, Peter here is talking about, then you have grace and peace, and you have power pertaining to life and godliness. Now, if you don't have those things, it is because we do not have knowledge of him. Knowledge. You have to have knowledge of God. And we get knowledge of him through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus, and we find through the Father and Jesus and the Father in one, the Holy Spirit, Jesus the Father, they are all one. And this is how we get the promises of God. It's not a thing you have to do unless you look at getting to know them, something you have to do. But that should be a want to do. Like you should want to hang out with God. So let's look at a couple of verses about how we can do this in a, a very biblical, practical way to say, okay, I'm going to start today to grow my knowledge. Why? Well, I need grace and I need peace. And I need this power pertaining to life and godliness because there's things in my life I want to quit doing. There's things I want to start doing. There's things I need to be able to receive about myself. There's things I got to have comfort in. There's all these areas of my life. And scripture is telling me I get this through the knowledge of knowing him. So John chapter 1 verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I know you're familiar with this. And we quote that verse. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And there's more. And we behold his glory. Glory has only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. And we quote all the time, the Word became flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And, and what we're saying is that what we're reading here in Scripture, the promises of the Old Covenant, the New Covenant, is that the Word, you know, the words that were spoken became flesh and dwelt among us. We've got to read to Word. We have to read the Word. There's no way around it. I, I like videos, and I like that you're watching this video. Again, thank you for joining and sharing them and watching them, but you've got to read your Bible. We can't live and we won't grow in knowledge by listening to other people talk about God. We personally have to read the Word of God to really grasp a hold of who Jesus is, to get the knowledge of that. And I want to read the definition of knowledge for you. It's not my definition. If you can just Google biblical knowledge, you can come up with a definition. It's the act or state of knowing, a clear perception of a fact, of truth. So knowledge is understanding of a fact or truth. It's not knowledge of man-made wisdom. That's not knowledge because that could be a lie. It could be an opinion. Knowledge is based on something that is a fact and is true. We know the Word of God is fact and we know it's true. So in the beginning, the Word was flesh and the flesh uh, dwelt among us. It means that every word spoken out of the mouth of God, every word that's in your Bible, that the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God gave men unction to say, right? Everything in your Bible 
is from God. It is just spoke through men and women as God gave them unction. In other words, the Holy Spirit gave them the words to say. And we know what Jesus was quoting uh, in the temptation of Satan. says, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Like every word of God. That is our food. We, we grow our inner spirit, man. We grow by reading the word of God. We absolutely have to read the word of God. Now, for many reasons. One, wisdom of knowledge of God. We're going to learn who God is by his word. Second, you're going to drive out everything that's not of God with his word because you're going to learn what's deception. You're going to learn what's true, what's not true. You know, it's hard for me to believe somebody can watch a teaching and discern between a truth and a lie and a deception and what is of God, what is not of God, if you don't have the word in you. Because the word is what we test everything to. It has to line up with scripture. Now, I know there are people who like to quote uh, where Jesus said, if everything I've ever done in the book was written, the books of the world will contain it and that we'll do greater works than him. So they're saying, well, there's outside stuff. Okay, I'm not going to get into that whole debate back and forth. But for sake of conversation, let's say that God is doing something that's not actually defined in scripture. Like it's not right in scripture because the Bible doesn't talk about cell phones. Give you an example. And so God can use a cell phone in 2023. They were not around when we're reading uh, 2,000 years ago. Could God use a cell phone? Yes. Would that verse be in the Bible? Well, you know, it wouldn't be because there's no computers, no internet back then. But the way he would use it would have to line up to the word, to the character, the nature, the, the core values of who God is, of who Jesus is, of who the Holy Spirit is. It wouldn't be outside that. Regardless of how, regardless of the vessel, in other words, the computer, whatever he would be using, it has to line up with the word in the sense of the word brings us a knowledge of him. It has to line up to the knowledge of him. If you got a phone call and you said it was God calling you on your phone, I know, just an example, and he said, you're the new Messiah. Well, that doesn't line up with scripture. It's not true. You're being deceived. You need to hang up on that. That's not God. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, regardless of in how he would reach to generations that have changed because of technology since 2,000 years ago. I understand that. I'm not debating that, that God can't use where we live now. Sure he can, but it's still going to line up to the word of God. The reason we don't have grace and peace and the power pertaining to life and godliness is because we are changing the word of God, in other words, the knowledge of God through the word of God, and we're getting our knowledge of God through other people. But what if they're wrong? What if they're giving you the wrong information? Well, how do you tell? I'm glad you asked, but it's, it's pretty simple. It's, do you have grace in your life? Do you have peace in your life? Do you have the power pertaining to life and to godliness? Like, are you living right? Are you, are you able to hear the voice of God and, and have conviction and change and grow? Are you able to see the fruit of your life? Are you able to receive things of God? Like, do you have these things demonstrated in your life? Do you have peace is a big deal. Like, do you have peace? Are you a, a peaceful person also in action, but just in your, your sense of overallness? Are you a, at peace? And so we can test these things and we can look at them and say, the Bible doesn't lie. Peter isn't making the stuff up. If I don't have these, the only way to get them is to grab, right, knowledge of who? Of him, Jesus, of the Father, the Holy Spirit. So let's look at another example, okay? You, you with me? You good? All right, let's look at another example. Let's go to John 
chapter 6, verse 63. Okay, John 6, 63. The Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken, that's Jesus, I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. So what Jesus is speaking is life. He gives life. The flesh gives you nothing. It, it, it gives nothing. So everything that I'm saying in this recording or this podcast, this live video, whatever you're watching me on, if it's the words of God, if it's pertaining to Jesus, if it is uh, you know, expounding on and bringing understanding to the Scripture, it would have in it the anointing of life because Jesus is clearly saying the Spirit gives life and all the words here speaking, I'm not God. I'm not Jesus. I'm simply saying his words back, right? We do. So we, we quote John 3, 16 or Romans 8. We have these all over our houses and your walls, your refrigerators, because they're life. There's power in those, right? And so all those things that we're saying scripture-wise and reading it and, and uh, you know, really teaching it, breaking it up, teaching it so we can understand it and grab a hold of it, there's life in it. But if it's my opinion, if it's my thoughts, if it's my, I don't know, here's what I think you should do, or here's what my, these, they're words of the flesh, and they will not get you the knowledge of him. They'll give you the knowledge of me. In other words, you'll know what I think, but that doesn't help you get peace or grace or the power pertaining to life and godliness. That only gives you what I have, and I, I don't have anything to offer you. None of us do in the flesh. We don't have any of it. The only words that have life and power in them are the words of Jesus. He, he, they're spirit. They're life and spirit and power. And, and that's what we've got to make sure we are bringing into us. Because so many of us, unfortunately, are getting a little bit off track here with some of these uh, information, videos and stuff out there. And we know so much about so many things, but not about him. We're learning people's opinions of him. We're learning people's maybe interpretation of him, people's experience with him. But we're not learning him. And that is critical. That is the, you know, the whole foundation, the whole basis of where these promises are connected to. In order for these promises, in order for peace and grace, and I'm just using these four. We read out of Peter. I mean, there's lots and lots and lots of uh, promises. And, and, you know, you could say guarantees because God can't lie and he's true to his word. So there's, there's all these amazing things that we are given by God that all are hooked on. You know, they're all anchored on knowing him. We, we have to know. We have to have the knowledge of him, not an experience of him. Someone telling you about their experience with him, it, it encourages you. And I'm not going to take away from that. It encourages you. It, it can excite you. It can say, wow, I can see what's possible now. I, I can see that God can heal cancer. God can open blind eyes. God can fix marriages. He can uh, bring in bank accounts. He can give prophetic words accurately. He can do deliverance. Like, wow, it's encouraging. But we still need the knowledge of the one that's doing these things. Not of the people doing it, of the one who's doing it. And that's why Peter starts off by saying, I'm a bond servant. Like he's just letting you know, I'm a servant. The real important person here is Christ. And that's who he's going to. And now he's identifying himself as an apostle so that we would honor or give a reverence into that position that God has called him so we know, you know, we should listen to him, which, by the way, is important. Titles aren't a bad thing. Titles are what we are looking for uh, so we know we're safe or, I uh, know, we should be safe to receive from them. But self-appointed titles or titles bought online or titles 
purchased uh, through a program that's not godly, but you know it gives us rights. And that's not at all what Peter is talking about or how he's described himself. He's calling himself an apostle ordained by God, called by God, chosen by God, and validated by God. And men, women notice that and they said, okay, we're going we're gonna to call you this because we are seeing the fruit of that in your life. So he's saying, I'm a servant. Let's get this order right. And then I'm an apostle. So now we would say, okay, I should, I should be receiving from who God has, has called as a leader. And so our guard can, you know, we can relax though and say, okay, I'm going to listen to this guy. And now he's saying, here's the truth of Jesus Christ. And, th and that's how this should happen. That's how when you're watching people or, or we're trying to get knowledge of him, we, we want to make sure, one, you know, the person's got a, a servant's heart. That's super important. Second, we want to make sure they're actually called, not self-appointed, not bought, not got some other way, but God himself. In that, you got to listen to their preaching and listen to their teaching and see if it's giving you knowledge of Jesus. See if it's giving you things pertaining to God. See if it's giving you the tools, the uh, the maybe ability, the understanding, the the grasping, right? Like you, you can grab it and hold it and say, okay, I am now closer to God. I'm closer to who Jesus is. I'm, I'm closer to scripture. I'm closer to truth. I'm closer uh, with my understanding of the Holy Spirit. That is what we're looking for because that is what brings us grace and peace and, and the power pertaining to life and godliness along with many, many other amazing divine promises from God uh, that are all, again, hooked, conditional, you know, grabbed a hold of, that we know him. And that's why, you know, we're, we'll go here with me, but that's why when we read about John 14, 26, this is the advocate, right? The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things, listen, and bring to your remembrance all that I said, all that I said, he will bring you remembrance. All that Jesus said, you know, other um, examples of the Holy Spirit in our life is that he he guides us. What's what's he guide us in? He guides us into Scripture. He guides us into truth. He leads us into understanding. He convicts us of sin. He pulls us away from what'll take us away from Jesus. He reminds us of the words of Jesus. He he gives us knowledge of him. He pushes us into the understanding of Jesus. And into Jesus, we find understanding of the Father. And his job, it says the Holy Spirit won't even talk about himself. He won't do his own initiative. He'll talk about Jesus. He'll push us into that understanding. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, is to bring the word alive, to, to make all this grab in our heart with understanding that we can say, I know Jesus more today than I did yesterday. I understand Jesus better than I did. And the more you understand him, the more knowledge you get in him, you will understand grace and peace. And you'll have this power pertain to life and godliness. You'll find that you have strength to turn things down, strength to walk away, strength to change your responses, strength to like, how, how am I living like this? What is happening in me? The more knowledge you have of him, the more Jesus, you know, revelation that gets inside you, the more word that gets in you, you will start producing, you will start manifesting externally these promises of God. It's not a maybe, it is a promise. It is a divine power that does this in our lives. God has given us everything we need to serve him. 
He's given us all the tools we need to serve him. And as I said earlier, and it, it wouldn't be fair if we didn't talk about this before I close, this is why some Christians get upset with leaders because we talk, and remember I said this in the beginning, on the assumption, right, that we're talking to other believers. And so if we're talking to other believers and you are getting the knowledge of God and you're reading your Bible and you're, you're, you're letting the Holy Spirit guide you, then you should have a divine power to lead you into the things of life and to godliness, as well as grace and peace. So we're not doing it as a, here's a chore or a burden that you can't do. We're taking the word at truth. We're applying it to someone who confesses with their mouth that they're a born-again child of God. Jesus Christ lives in them. And so we're putting those two together and saying, well, if that is true, then you have the ability outside yourself. So we're not, we're not saying you have to do it. We're saying there's in you the divine power for life and godliness. So we are simply stirring or pushing you into that place that is, that's granted to you through Scripture. It's promise right here. We read it and given to you through the Holy Spirit, through the understanding of Christ, that we are, we're simply saying, hey, we, us, this is what we should be doing. And so, you know, people get upset and get your feelings hurt, but you really shouldn't. You should be saying, okay, if there's something that that person can do pertaining to life and godliness because of that knowledge, I, I should be able to be able to get over these things in my life as well. In other words, we're holding people accountable to the conviction of their salvation, to, the, the, to them being born again. And why? Well, why would we not want you to have peace and grace? And why, why not the divine power for life and godliness? Like, why would you not want that for somebody? I mean, obviously you want it for everybody. That's our hope, right? That people would have grace and peace and that they would have, you know, understanding of life. They'd be able to live it and, and they would be able to live godly and they wouldn't have a messed up conscience and they would be able to use their gift and they'd be able to serve in church or ministry or wherever God's called them. And, and they would keep growing and growing and growing. And these little things and even the big things would fall off. And just after a while, you would be living in such a knowledge of him that these promises would grab a hold of you. And, and you would no longer be that person that was struggling or that person who can't somehow get out of it or that person, you know, who's stuck or the person, you know, fill in the blank. But you would be a person that we would look at and say, wow, there is someone that has the knowledge of Jesus Christ in them. There's someone who you can see grace working. You can see peace working. You can see uh, this divine power in their life to live godly and, and to understand these things. And I mean, that is, that is our promise of how we in these bodies, how we in these things, in this planet, with all the lust of the world and everything around, this is how we do it. This is how we live right. Go back with me and, and read it. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the full knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Everything. Everything. Through the full knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and excellence. Through him who called us, right? Through his glory, his excellence, 
For by these he has granted to us precious, more valuable than anything in the world, magnificent, just absolutely amazing, precious, beautiful, magnificent. There's not enough words. Promises so that by them you may become partakers of divine nature, which means it is possible to become a partaker of the divine nature of who? Of Christ. It's possible. It's right here in Scripture. By these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. It's a promise. So that by them you may, you may become partakers of the divine nature, which means we can. We can achieve this because of these promises. What promises? His power to pertain to life and godliness. His grace. His peace. We have it. We have a divine nature that that is in us that's just, I mean, it wants to come out, right? It wants to come out. It wants to say, hey, hey, uh, we, we, we are in Christ's image. We, we got this divine nature. We want to live like this. We, wanna, we want the world to see it. We want to we wanna see it. We want it to manifest like it's, it's in there. And when that starts to happen, having escaped the corruption that is in this world by lust, and it's no longer, you don't have to get out of this world to escape it. You don't. When I was a kid, they used to pray that they would close every bar or every uh, tattoo shop. I'm not picking on anyone or any smoke shop or whatever it was. And if we did that, this and that. Listen, we can escape all this. And we don't have to have the lust taken away from us to not do it. We can have it right in front of us and not do it because we would be granted. We would, by the promises of God, his divine nature escaping the corruption that is in the world by lust. We, we don't have to have all, I mean, it'd be, listen, if sin left, it'd be great. But if not, we don't have to have it gone. You don't have to isolate yourself from the world to live godly. You can be a light in a dark spot. You can go where there's sin. And listen, I'm not saying for you to do that. But if God calls you, you can go to where there's sin and not sin. You don't have to join in. You could go where other people are. You don't have to be tempted and fail. You can live a life through these promises in the knowledge of him and have his divine nature that we escape the corruption that is in the world by lust. I mean, that that is that spirit living. I mean, that's spirit life, right? That's living. I mean, that's a that's a powerful life. I mean, who who wouldn't want that? And all that comes from, you know, this amazing gift of knowing Jesus. An amazing gift of knowing Jesus. It's not even a chore. Like it's not, it, it's it's not even a, a workload. It's not a job. It's a it's a pleasure. It's like we get all this and Jesus. So you're telling me the more I get to learn about Jesus, who I want to learn about, I I'm gonna get this thing. Like this is too good to be true. It is. It is. It is too good to be true, because that's the good news. It's impossible for man. All things are possible with God. That's the great news. So why is there such a resistance in it? Because the enemy is attacking you, attacking from knowing him. He wants you to know him through people. He wants you to know him through, I don't know, different videos and things that, that kind of have him but don't. Jesus wants you to know him just by him, through the Holy Spirit that guides them. I'm all for preachers and teachers and apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, but, you know, 
there's no substitute for knowing him directly. We've got to know him directly. And in that, you will find these promises in just these four verses. You will find, I mean, think about your Bible, right? I mean, if, if this is all this is in verse 2, 3, and 4, you know, your Bible's full of things that we haven't even grasped yet. And that's, that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's here. It's all here. It's all promise of God that we can, we can, that divine nature, you sit back, take a breath, that divine nature that's in us, you know, it, it can come out, it can manifest, it can be strong and bold, and I don't have to worry about the lust of the world. I won't, I won't be drawn to it. I'll be drawn to this divine power that gives me the ability to live godly, to live right, to be able to have that grace, that peace in my life. What a, what a promise. What an amazing, amazing God we serve. And so I want to encourage you. If you're going to a church, if you're going to a ministry, wherever you're going, if you've got leaders who are putting you in a position of accountability based on that you're saved, amen. Based on that you're born again, amen. That's what you want. That are pushing you towards these things by the assumption that you should be doing these. And if you're doing this, these have to happen. You know what? Dive in. Dive in. Press in. Grow, grow, grow. Get your understanding. Mature. And I, I promise you, if you are, are sitting in a place in this kind of anointing, in this kind of atmosphere, you will grow. I guarantee you, you will grow. Not because of who's there, but because the promises of God do not lie. They don't lie. They don't lie. So if you've got leaders pushing you, treating you on your Holy Spirit conversion, your born againness, your salvation, saying, hey, you should have these things, the power, the divine power for life and for living godly. Hey, don't give up. Don't get discouraged. I guarantee you, as they push you into the knowledge of God, you will grow. I can guarantee it because scripture is the foundation, the proof of this entire promise is found in scripture. The Bible doesn't lie. God doesn't lie. If you're at a place that's tickling your ears, you're at a place where to talk about things they've been through and there's a Bible verse here or there, if it's more experienced, if it's more, listen, I, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you, you got to get out of that kind of place. You got to go find a biblically grounded, powerful, anointed place that is promoting and understanding the knowledge of Jesus Christ, uh, using the gifts, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit to push you into that place that you may achieve these promises, get that divine nature of God manifest in your life, and the worldly lust will lose its power. If you don't have a place like that, if you're close to us in Windsor, I invite you. Uh, we have a church there, Victory Global. We started uh, last year. You can also follow us online. And if you're away from the area, listen, call us, text us, reach out. We'll help you find a place. There's a lot of good places out there. We're all on the same team. We're not saying anyone's right and everyone else is wrong. I'm saying you want to be where they are promoting an understanding and a knowledge of God because that's the only way your life's going to change. It's the only way your life's going to change. Whether you have gift teachings or you know deliverance or prophecy or healing signs, without an understanding, a knowledge of God, it's not going to produce in you what you think it will. It's going to leave you in a condition that needs this saving divine power and i'm telling you you know that's what the lord is looking for a restoration 
He's looking for that bringing it back. He's looking for that, uh, you know, that let's call it revival. Let's call it reviving of what was there that has maybe gone dormant, a reviving of the passion, of the love of the word, the love of prayer, the love of getting to know him. And in that, that divine power comes. And, and we can overcome this. We can overcome the lust of the world. We can overcome these temptations. We can overcome all these obstacles. And we can have a clear conscience. We can serve God with all of our gifts, with all of our might. And we don't, we don't have to have it be a struggle all the time. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, listen, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I see Mike and Leah and Janine and Debbie, a couple of you on here, and Sherry and Daryl. Uh, it's nice to see some of you. Sorry I couldn't comment to all of you while we were talking. But listen, I'm, I'm serious. If you don't have a good, grounded, biblical, Holy Spirit, anointed church or ministry, find one. Find one, find one, find one. I know you're busy. I know you got things to do. I know there's always something going on. God is important. Fellowshipping together is important. Zooms and live streams, I mean, you know, videos, they are great. But there's no substitute for two or three are gathered. He is in our, our presence, right? We've, we've got to get the importance of getting together. Again, if you're in the area, uh, we have a church plant there, Victory Global Church. You can check us out. If you're away from the area, please get a hold of us and we will find you a good, grounded, biblical, Holy Spirit believing, you know, anointed place where you, your family can grow in understanding, can grow in your gifts because we want the whole package, right? Power for Freedom Ministries. We want the whole package. We want your gifts, your deliverance, your healing, your signs, wonders, prophetic gift, teaching gifts, gifts of helps. We want all that strong, but we want you strong too. We want you grounded. We want you, your mind sharp. We don't want you to get deceived. We want you to have a good understanding and a good foundation. It's important. We want the whole thing, not just one or the other, all of it, the whole package, everything that Jesus has for us. And our prayer is that you find that knowledge that we can get to that place of that divine nature through that power of God. And, and we can overcome these obstacles in our life. What an amazing promise. What an amazing blessing. What an amazing God. Amen. Let me pray with you. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We ask you, God, that you would uh, just, you know, help this first, uh, second Peter, uh, first, second, third, fourth, help them, you know, get this down in us. I don't know. Get it down. Push it down in and push it around so it can't get out. Let it lock in us till we really digest it and grab a hold of it. That we may understand how we can live a life and we can overcome the lust of the world and we can overcome these things by the knowledge of you. And what a what an amazing gift that the requirement is knowing more of you. Father, you're so good to us. Why would we not want to know more of you? We pray you open our eyes and our ears to understand that reading the Bible shouldn't be a burden. For anyone tonight who's struggling reading the Bible, Lord, we pray you lift that burden, that deception off their life. For anyone struggling with prayer, Father, we pray you lift that burden, that deception off their life. For anyone struggling for fellowship with the Holy Spirit, uh, to be led and to be guided by him into understanding, into knowledge, into the deep things of God. Father, we rebuke any attack that would be stopping someone from rejecting him, from uh, you know pushing him away. Father, we ask that we would be vessels that are pure and open, that there would be nothing hindering us, that there would be nothing in us that would stop your full 
understanding to come into our life and to fill us from the soles of our feet to the crown of our head. May we grab that place inside your word that starts to bring divine power that we may manifest your nature in our life. And Father, for those tonight or whenever they're listening that may not have a church, or Lord, lead them to the right place. Guide their heart. It's not a competition. It's not a who's this, who's that. We're all on the same team, building the same kingdom. God, lead them to where you want them, to where you have prepared for them a place to grow, to be developed, to be trained, to be mentored, discipled into what you've called them to be. And Father, I pray for an urgency on all these things. Time is short. And I pray an urgency and a boldness and a want and a passion and a fire that we would go after these things and make it a priority to make it something important in our life, to schedule around you, to find where you are number one, where our, our households, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord to where our households are, are geared around you, Father. That everything revolves around your schedule, your time. That we may all learn to say this and mean it. At first of what we are in God's eyes, we are servants. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for those that you're reaching, those that you have, and those that you are going to still as we continue to press in in our gifting, our calling, and kingdom building. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for all of you online. And I see Calvin and Debbie and a, a couple of you. It's good to see you. And uh, we will be in Windsor. I will be in Windsor this Sunday at 10 a.m. Uh, and I will also be starting the registration this coming week on our pffministries.org website for Freedom Journey. Again, thank you very much for your support and sharing these and building our pages. And, you know, thank you. We appreciate it. And for those that are asking how you can uh, join with us, you can partner with the ministry in prayer. You can also partner financially. And if you want to give, you can go to our website, click a tab. It's real easy. And uh, listen, till we meet again, keep pressing into the kingdom of God. God bless. God bless. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this episode of PFFM Spirit Life Teachings. If you have any questions or comments, need prayer, or just want to reach out, please call or text 717-537-PFFM or email us at info at pffministries.org. God bless.